Hi, it's Karen here. And before we begin, I want to share an opportunity for you to help us give back. After my own cancer diagnosis, I realized the importance of having a helpful and simple resource. That's why I wrote Happiness Through Hardship, a guide and journal for cancer patients, their caregivers, and friends. Like a good friend, this book provides practical tips and resources, as well as a few stories providing hope. Now, we've organized a Donate a Book fundraiser and would be so grateful for your support. You can donate on prettywellness.com backslash book or Venmo at C-A-R-Y-N dash Sullivan dash three. For each $15 donated, one book will be donated to a cancer center. And as I do with all books sold, half the proceeds go to the Cancer Couch Foundation, where 100% of the donations are matched and fund metastatic breast cancer research. Again, we would be so grateful for your support. You can donate by sending a Venmo at my name dash three, which is C-A-R-Y-N dash S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N dash three. Thanks again for your support. Let's begin. I want to welcome you to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide for cancer patients and caregivers that shares the same name as this podcast. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. If you've liked these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. Or reach out to us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. We love connecting and sharing healthy lifestyle resources. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Amy Daughters, a two-time author and freelance writer for over a decade. Amy spent years covering college football, as well as talking about her feelings in her work. Her debut novel, You Cannot Mess This Up, won two Indie Awards for humor. She's also a mother of two boys and a huge fan of the old school pen pal process. Her latest book, Dear Dana, chronicles her journey with letter writing by hand in this digital age. Now, Amy gained fame from writing personal handwritten letters to all 580 of her Facebook friends. Imagine that. Not just a quick second, 30, 30 second response or reply or Twitter mention, but a heartfelt letter with pen and paper mailed to over 500 people. Amy is going to share her story about why she did it and how this changed her life. With social media these days, there's a new definition of being someone's quote-unquote friend, and I am really excited to hear what she has to say about friendships, both the virtual ones and the ones in real life. Amy, welcome! 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited about being here. Thanks for having me. Well, it is. I, I'm really excited about this because there is so much talk about social media and how it's changed the landscape for so many things in this world. And for this conversation, especially friendships, right? I mean, we've got so many friends online, but what does that look like in real life? Or, you know, the flip side, uh, Everybody comes at it differently, but I'm curious um, for you to share your story about why did you decide to go from connecting just online to handwritten letters? Yeah, it's it's a great story, and it's the thing I love about it is it it, it happened so non intentionally. I was not deliberate at all. It's just a story that happened to me. So. I, you know, I go back to go back to 2014 and I've been on Facebook for probably eight or nine years. So it's safe to say that I had reconnected with most of my past at that point. But I had always had this friend. I worked at a summer camp, gone to a summer camp in Texas as a kid. And I'd always had this friend's name who I was a counselor with literally for six weeks. Her name was Dana. And I was like, whatever happened to Dana? And she had a big personality. And we must have made a huge connection. But honestly, I don't really remember what happened. It was the 80s. You know, I had parachute pants and really bad hair. So acne, the whole nine yards. So I kept asking myself what happened to Dana. It was just ping in my head every once in a while. And then in 2014, I'm on Facebook. I type her name in and there she is. It's Dana. She has different hair, but she's the same Dana. And so I friend her thinking, you know, it, no big deal. And then I kind of stalk through her page and look at her. And I realized she has four kids or five kids, four girls and a son. I was like, wow. And uh, then I felt like, oh, that got ch I checked off my box. I'm good. I know Dana again. And then as, you know, she started to come up on my news feed, I realized that her youngest child, Parker, a son, had cancer, and he was at St. Jude, and he was battling cancer. So I, then I started following along with the story. I like prayer, so I started praying for him, and we didn't even really connect. There was no direct connection, but I, I got involved without really wanting to get involved or meaning to get involved, not wanting. But so – but speed forward to 2015, Parker relapsed. They went back to St. Jude. And I suddenly became inspired. I actually went to church. I was inspired. I was like, you know what? I'm a writer. I'm going to start writing them letters at St. Jude. And so that next day I go online to figure out where to send the letters. And she has this huge post. And it's like, if anybody wants to send a snail mail, here's our address at Ronald McDonald House. I'm like, boom, this is, this is a thing. So I start writing Dana and Parker and I write them for about 60 days, once a week. And then Parker, who's 15 passes away and, um, just devastation, you know, and I'm all involved in this story. It's not about me, but then I'm like, what do I do? So I write a condolence card and then I'm like, so what am I supposed to do next? And I just kind of got a clear message. I was like, you know what? Just keep writing the letters, keep writing Dana. So I, you know, literally like stalked her husband. Like, where does he work? Cause I didn't have her home address. I, she was just my Facebook friend. I was, she lived in South Louisiana and you know what, Karen, I wasn't even sure which town she lived in. So I just kept writing her every week. I'd write her a letter and it started out being like, you know, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you. And then it started off because I'm a writer. So I was like, Oh, well, here's the thing about my life. And so it started to be like one page and it was three pages and it was four pages. And then about four months into it, I go out to my mailbox. There's a letter from Dana, four page letter. And she starts telling me about grief and her family and her experience. And then it turns into this relationship where we write each other every week, every other week. And we share all these feelings through the mail. And it was so life-changing. And it just turned, I mean, it, there was such trust and intimacy in these letters, even though we hadn't spoken to each other in 30 years. We had no electronic communication. So about six months into this, I thought, 
oh my gosh, this has changed my whole life. Wait, can I ask you, I want to talk about this, how, how it's life changing. You know, you're talking about this trust that you have between within the letters, but can you dig a little deeper and tell us about, okay, I mean, you wrote a letter, but what does that look like for you? Did you, is it almost like you sat down with your morning regimen and made this a positive aspect of your life? Right. It, I just, you know, I, when I wrote about, when I wrote regularly about college football, I'd have like this Tuesday, Thursday, Friday writing schedule. So I just threw Dana into, she was my Sunday for Monday publication. That's what I called it, you know, cause I'd write my Monday for my Tuesday and my two, you know, right. my Wednesday for my Thursday. Right. And so I would sit down every Sunday once I got into it and I would just, I would just write. And my intention was to tell her I was thinking about her, but what it, it turned out to be like a diary entry, you know, like dear Dana, here's what's going on in my life, dear Dana. And then I, I was seeing my life from the outside in. Cause I would, I started to say, dear Dana, I had a fight with my husband last week. Dear Dana, my older kid can't figure out who he is. You know, dear Dana, uh, I'm trying to have this book published. I just told her everything. And it, and it, and it was this, and then she started telling me everything back. And her kids told me later that she said stuff. She told me stuff that she never told anyone else. So we had this catharsis going through the mail. And when you don't, when you mail somebody a letter, you don't expect them to read it. And it's very powerful. And so the timing is off. Like you don't even have to respond to what the other person said. It's just so there's a lot of freedom in it. Well, to your point, like it, it's like a journal. You're getting these thoughts out as maybe if you're thinking of them or they're just coming up and you're not expecting a reply, which is what's happened so much in society. We send an email, we expect a reply. Or we know there's the possibility of getting a quick reply. Right. Or if the text is marked received, then you, then you know that, and then, then there's this anticipation and you feel like you're, there's, there's a vulnerability in there because you feel like, what did I do wrong if someone didn't respond? And, you know, that was a big takeaway from all the, all the other letters. And so I, you know, I got, like I said, I got to like the six month window with Dana and I thought, oh my God, this has just changed my life, I it just put my life in order somehow. And I thought, you know, what would happen if I wrote everyone a letter, all the Facebook friends? And so I set out like this big plan. I'm kind of a spreadsheet person. You know, I made parameters. I got a journal. And I was like, I got stationary printed. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I never really thought I was going to finish. And I thought it was silly. Like at the beginning of the journal, it says the Facebook project, the stupidest idea I ever came up with. And then I quoted myself, Amy Wine, the daughters, like it was a big deal, you know? And then I just, and I stuck everyone's names. I got an Excel spreadsheet, put all the names in it, cut out little pieces of paper, shoved them into a box, put them on top of my desk. And every morning I'd get up, draw the name randomly out of the box and write that person a letter. And the other rule was I couldn't look for their address first. They were getting a letter, whether it got mailed or not. And then that, that went on for, it took me about two years to, to write everyone and it changed my entire life. So talk about that. So, all right, you pick a, a, a name and it's somebody, I'm going to say Bobby McWaite from my, like my, your, who's your Bobby McWaite? I went to elementary school with him. He was like so fun and so smiley and everybody loved him. However, in recent years, I've been on the East coast for 22 years. And even before that, I probably, I think he moved away to a neighboring town. He's still friends with some of my friends now. So every now and then I see something, but how do you write to that Bobby McWhite? Well, see, that's the great thing. Cause here's what happened. Like, you know, first of all, yes, 
you know, was Bobby an awkward letter? Maybe, you know, like, cause what are you going to say to Bobby? And, and I didn't know what I was going to say to people. And then I realized, so the first thing I would do is I would go look at your face. I go look at Bobby's Facebook profile and be like, Oh, Bobby has three kids and Bobby lives in Seattle, you know, and Bobby is doing this for work, you know, and you spend like, and literally this was one of the best parts of the process. You spend 10 minutes and yes, maybe light stalking, but what it is is you dig deeper on each of these people. And then you're like, Oh, dear Bobby, I didn't know you were blah, blah, blah. Here's what I'm doing. You know, and then at the end, you end up saying, Bobby, you brought such joy in my life in elementary school. Thank you so much because, you know, I, I, it wouldn't have been that experience. I still think about you, Bobby, and I smile because you were hilarious. And then Bobby's going to get that letter, and he's going to be like, oh, my gosh. And your grateful meter, Karen, is going to go off the yeah. charts. You're going to be like all 500 of these people, even the random ones who I met at a wedding and, like, had seven glasses of Chardonnay and cried in the bathroom with, yeah. you know. You know, it's still everybody fits into this, you know, there's this, you know, this relationship graph that all fits together somehow. And you're like, oh, my God, I am so lucky. I'm connected to these amazing people. And the other thing that happened was it, it, it stopped mattering. This all went a lot of these letters got written through the 2016 presidential election camp I mean, process, which was great because, you know, you kind of know what people politically think the spectrum they're on if that stopped mattering at all because when i reach out to you or to bobby or you reach out to bobby and bobby reaches back out to you none of that matters anymore you're his people he's your people who cares about the rest of it and it's just it, it the life-changing connection is that you know there's such hope in relationships the, the hope we are really looking for i think is on the other end of a screen sitting next to us you know, however we want to make that connection, that one-on-one -on -one connection. And it just, it just blew up my heart. So. Wow. There's so much power to many of the things you just said about the hope in relationships, about how it doesn't matter how many years went by. Hopefully every single one of your Facebook friends, you, you are one had you had some sort of good relationship with and that you probably remember it or you remember there's probably people that uh, you know that was a friend of a friend or a friend of a sibling you know that maybe you don't remember these specific relationships but you remember like for us and Bobby as I was talking about we went to elementary school together Gatewood and my year of high like my graduating class at Gatewood Elementary. I feel like when I went back to the last reunion, my high school reunion, which I think was 10 years ago at this point, I haven't been able to be at the last two. The Gatewood Gators, all we ran around, you know, a few glasses of wine in hand, like Gatewood Gators. Like here we are 30 odd year old, you know, women and men. And we are talking about Gatewood Elementary. And so whether or not the people I was running around whether we could remember these big experiences, we all had that shared love or like, or, you know, just why not cheer to the past of this time in our life. Right. And, and, and that's, and, and, and so let's say it was Bobby's friend or your brother's friend from, then you would say, we're all connected to the same similar experience. Like we grew up with the same thing. So you, you could say something like, you know, we have that, we come from the same place. How beautiful is that, that I can still, you know, not be in relationship with you, but see that you have three kids and kind of watch your kids grow up virtually. What an honor that is to do, you know? And, and I think that, that there's something powerful in being able to say that as well. So then are you saying that 
you're seeing the value in both the virtual as well as the in real life relationships? Well, absolutely. And I think I saw lots of limitations, you know, for instance, um, I, I, one of the things I did not expect to experience in writing the letters, cause there was so much good and so much joy and so much just warmth, but I, I, I walked away with a, a desperate sense of guilt, which is very ironic because, you know, I was opening the door to 580 lives and saying, I care about you. You're my friend, but you cannot sustain that as a human being. And so I, you know, I had a hard time keeping up with someone replied. I wanted to reply in kind. And I had, at the end, I just got exhausted and I could not, and people were sharing very personal things because I think we live in a world where when someone reaches out to you deliberately, individually, you feel so special. I had no idea how powerful the letters were going to be for other people and for myself. But when you open all those doors, there's no way you can sustain that. So I learned that what's important is like the social media does have a complete and total upside. And I think just, just saying it's a horrible thing is a, is a terrible mistake because it, it, it does allow us to connect, but we don't have to invest. So I think it's important to invest in our real life relationships and then hope that everyone else takes care of those people who are our people on Facebook. So we have real relationships to sustain us. And then these other, these other relationships to, you know, cause there, there's a lot of, of good in social media and those can also build us up and create a community, which we learned in the pandemic. So I think social media has got two, a good side and a bad side, but it's not, it's not, you know, one side or the other for sure. All right. So I, I think you're leaning towards this direction, but if you were to give some advice in terms of, you know, friendships in this day and age, what would that advice be? Well, I, I think back to what I, I think there'd be two parts of that. I, I, I learned that, you know, and you don't have to do it in writing. You don't have to go write a handwritten letter. That's, I mean, I, that absolutely, you know, that's what I did. And I didn't even plan on doing that. But I think we, we all get those hunches where we're like, you know what? I ought to reach out to Bobby, you know, whoever. Follow that hunch. Re- reach out to somebody individually and, and see, what, see what happens. Follow, follow your little hunches and see what happens. And then, you know, take care of those relationships that are in your real life because you need them. You know, those would be two two sides of that story. Well, and, and so many of us, and maybe I should just speak for myself. We fill our lives with a lot of, you know, especially when you have kids, there's a lot of different activities going on. And so it's, it's hard to nurture some of those, um, some of your relationships, especially the ones that aren't, you know, in your day to day. I, right. I, I love to think, I mean, I am very lucky. I have a group of baseball moms and some neighbors here and some of my friends from my old job that were, were close and were in each other's. I don't know if I'd say day to day, but kind of like week to week, month to month that we have a, a, a strong relationship. And, and I think it, I, I'm grateful and proud that, that I have these women they ha- and, and they have me. Uh, when it comes to some of my best friends, you know, throughout life, I, I think that's where I want to spend a little more time. Not, I think, I think it's because of technology, we can, you know, the phone calls are awesome, but actually seeing them and, you know, that does take time, that does take money. But I, I know for me, I would like a little more of that in real life in person. So I'm working towards that, whatever that looks like, but. I, right. I think to your point, there's a, there's a lot of different ways 
to try and connect with real friends, but focusing on those who are important and knowing those who are important is a good one. Right, right. And I, I think the other big takeaway for me is, you know, back to you, you brought up at the beginning, you know, electronically, we expect a reply from someone. If we text somebody, we expect a reply. If we, and it's an anticipation, even if we don't expect it, there's an anticipation there because we're humans and we're interacting, right? I think that one of the big things I learned, you don't necessarily have to get a reply to, to validate that you've made some kind of difference in somebody's life, you know? So if I reach out to someone who I know is like my friend Dana, who lost her son, you know, I can make a difference without her text me back and saying, thank you for that. And I think that's the other big takeaway I got because I really, there were so many letters that I lost track of. I mean, I didn't lose track of replies because I'm a numbers girl. I mean, it's all on the spreadsheet, but, you know, there's facts. The FBI could get involved. It's great. But I think that it released me from like, you know, cause I couldn't keep up with it, but it, but I know the letters made a big difference in people's lives. And that's true. Whether they, they email me back or wrote me back because we're all wired differently where one person will dutifully reply. One person just, just can't do that. But that doesn't mean we didn't make a difference. That doesn't mean we didn't have impact. And I think that's powerful on, you know, in a human relationship. So we don't necessarily need a certain reply to, to, and we shouldn't stop trying to do good stuff just because we're not getting the feedback we want. And I think that's such a valuable message um, for all of us. Well, I also think as you and I talked about, if you want to, we're on video between the two of us, whether the, you know, whether you, the listener are seeing us or hearing us, but show us your shirt. You're oh, wearing, yeah. yeah, you're wearing your, yeah, I, wear my, I wear my grateful you're shirt. You're wearing your grateful shirt today. And, and I think the power of writing and clearly you as a professional writer can speak to this on many levels is that it's a gift that, you know, your kind, beautiful words can make somebody else feel good. But it also in writing of that and thinking of that and feeling of that, when I think about people from my past that had an, an influence on me, a positive influence on me, whether it was just a good time or I learned something from them or I was wowed by them, it makes me feel good. So if I were to write that letter to Bobby McWhite or right. any of my childhood friends or my college right. friends or somebody that I met at a wedding, like you said, I would feel good about knowing that, like, hi, you know, I had this as you, I know you listened to the Tammy Neely episode, um, the mentor in a minute is what we called things, but I also will right. talk about um, nuggets of information, like these little right. things and this nuggets of infra- information or inspiration that you get when you, you go out one night, you meet someone, you have a great conversation, you feel like you connected, maybe you become their friend on social media. And whether you see him or not again, you've had this positive experience. And so to recall that and write it down, take the time to think it through, I think that even if you don't get a response, that would feel really good. Well, well that's it. And I think I always thought, and I mean, I, you know, you reach out to someone and, and it's an act of trying to make someone else feel good or feel appreciated. But over and over again, I kept feeling like I was the person by exactly by what you're saying, by expressing myself, I was the one that came away more changed than anybody else. That's the, that's the irony, you know, is that I, you know, I write my fourth grade teacher a letter and say, thanks for teaching me to write. Cause now I wrote two books, you know, but how that made me feel, I mean, how that made me feel to release that and to say, you know, what I felt, it's just so it's, I, I don't know what the right words on empowering is empowering though, you know, and it just releases this joy. So then are you saying that you are much more joyful now and focusing on, on things like that? Or what is it that made you change 
when you're talking about this change? Yeah, I think it's several levels. I think that, you know, we live in a world that's very divisive and, you know, where we feel like we're not, we're not connected unless we're exactly on the same page about everything. And I think what changed for me, I was like, these are my people and it doesn't really matter what we all believe or think specifically. These are my people. I have all these people in my life. I am loved by all these people, you know, and it, and it, and it, you know, made me feel good about hope for the future. Like we're going to continue to be connected with these people. And no matter what happens, you know, we have this community of people and there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope in that. And of course I felt good about myself because I expressed myself and got a lot of positive feedback, you know, but I loved too watching my kids watch these letters roll in and watching people show up. Cause then events would happen in our life. You know, a parent, my, my father passed away. You know, we had things happen and people just showed up and my kids are like, mom, these people, the letter people, aren't they? They're like the letter people have all showed up, you know, because they, it, you just feel so invested in each other's lives. And it's, it really is. A, and I think it is joy and hope is what I feel the most of from this, from this. And I, I think I hug people and it feels different. And I think it's because I feel different, you know, it, it just, you know, it's well, a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And it sounds like it even brought during the hard time of, like the hardships that you've gone through, it's it's helped in that area as well because you know you've had the support or love. And like you said, um, for me, it's always been about hope, no matter what hardship I'm going through, is that hoping that there's a better tomorrow, hoping I'm going to feel better, whatever that might be. And so it sounds like that filled you a bit as well. It did. It did. And I think that... And I think the pandemic kind of showed us too that social media, you know, it, it you know has such strong play. We were all isolated, and then we could be together in this virtual arena. So, and that's the that's the upside of it. But I, yeah, I think hope is hope is a is a very good word. So, so let me take a quick left turn here. We're talking about writing. You know, we've been talking about writing letters, and as well as how you've been a professional writer. So, I am just curious in terms of. You know, in, in your bio, it talks about how you're a college football. Are you a college football beat writer, or that's just your? Uh, yeah, I was. Now I write a weekly column. I analyze college football schedules. Okay. Right now, I'm just kind of keeping my foot in the door while I'm being the, the uh, doing my author thing. Right. So, yeah, but I did. I, I spent about four seasons with the Bleacher Report covering being a national columnist for uh, college football, and so that's really my my other love. You know, is sports and. And, uh, well, college football, all sports, but love, love me some college football. Love you some college football. So did you, when you started writing about your feelings, was that, because I know that, that you've, that's been said a few times about you in this humorous way, did it start out? Like, was this something that you were writing, you know, writing about college football and then on the side just were, I mean, you clearly have a wit to you or did this come from... I don't know the need. Oh, for the feelings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was I decided I was going to write this humorous back in time book. And I, and I'd had, you know, we all have a plan on the side. And so I started, I, I messed around with it for about five years and I thought, well, what I'll do, cause I love history and I love humor and I, was, and I love time travel. I love like going to the past, what I've, you know, eBay, metal detector, Sears catalog. I'm all about all of it. And so I, I so I wrote myself back to my 10 year old, 
childhood and got dropped off at Thanksgiving at my house when I was 10 and had to deal with my parents who were the same age as me. They thought I was a distant cousin, but I was my adult self. Had to deal with my 10-year-old self and my brother and sister. And I, I thought this going to be hilarious. You know, I was going to set the stage. It was going to be 1978. You know, it was going to be hilarious. And then I was like, oh, my God. There are so many feelings you have to deal with if you write yourself back to your 10-year-old life, you know, and that's where the feelings came from. Like totally, again, not intentionally because I'm over here, loo, 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 just doing my own thing, not having any emotions that I really know about. And the next thing you know, I wrote this catharsis that, again, changed, just changed the way I looked at my life and the way I looked at my parents and my relationships and my children because I wrote myself back to my 10-year-old self and that was when because i got up at those book launches said i'm amy daughters and i wrote a book about my feelings because i didn't mean to yeah well that's great and that's what i love and i I think that's so funny is that in the process of um, doing whatever we do in our job sometimes we 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 take a left turn or we zigzag another way and it takes us in a direction we never really intended but we got there so so that's really fun so all right so who's your team Oh, but I'm Texas Tech Red Raiders, friends. Texas. You got to dance with who brung you to the dance. All right. You know? um, all right. So. Well, I I grew up um, I grew up in Minnesota, so my dad's a huge Gophers fan. So he that's one of the things they have since moved uh, after 39 years being in that house that we lived in. They moved a few years ago, but he still finds a way to watch Gopher football because that's his thing. Yeah, well, that you know, the Gophers got, you know, that 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 young coach, P.J. Fleck, you never know. You know, they look good. So easier side of the Big Ten. I feel good about I feel better about, about the Gophers. All so. right. I'll tell my dad that he's going to be really excited. Uh, so. All right. I'm great. Uh, you and I talked about great gratitude, being grateful at the top of the conversation before this. And as as all my listeners know, that has been a key component in my healing journey, we'll call it. Uh, For those of you that are new to me, I am Karen. I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor, and I really embraced wellness after my stage four diagnosis. And there were some things that came really natural, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to look into lifestyle, you know, eating changes. And I now can say for eight years, I am primarily a plant-based eater. I eat very differently than I did. I sleep differently than I did. I did a, made a lot of changes, but the mindfulness component kind of came last for me. And what I've learned is it is so powerful to have a mindful practice. And a few years ago, I received a gratitude journal and I started playing it with my then nine-year-old son. And when I say play it, because he was nine. And before bed, we'd write in it. It was usually an excuse for him to stay up later. Uh, But it didn't really work because he stayed up later and the light was on and we'd writing it down. So we created our own version of it and we call it the grateful game. And so all we did was we talked about what we were grateful and why in the last 24 hours. And you know, could it be something big and grand? Of course it could, but oftentimes it ended up being little things that we thought about and reflected on from our day. And what I noticed in my own self is that throughout the day, both my son and I would be looking for things to talk about at night that we enjoyed, that we were grateful for. And what I've learned since in my writings and deep dive into wellness is that having any mindfulness practice 
especially a, a gratitude practice can really help us put one foot in front of the other when we're going through a hard time. And so that is why I like to end each episode playing the grateful game. So Amy, would you play with me? Absolutely. I'm grateful. Uh, you are so grateful. All right. So I will kick it off. So today, well, I will say since we were talking about an old pal from Gatewood Elementary, I will say I'm grateful for just the town that I grew up in. And I have not been back there in a few years. And I hope to this summer, bringing back those memories of running around Minnetonka, Minnesota with my elementary school and my West Junior High friends. It brings back so many happy memories. So you and I talking about it today, I'm really grateful for that because it just left me with a smile. Names that, you know, some that I mentioned, some that I didn't mention, just continually make me smile. And so, and and I still have my Gatewood Elementary yearbooks and every now and then I'd whip them out and show my son something. And what's weird to think is he is older than me now. So that's fun. Let's see. Something else I'm grateful for today is... Uh, Starbucks dark coffee. And I say dark coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker. But about a month ago, I started getting a little bored with my green tea. And so my husband was out to go get a Starbucks dark, I guess it's called dark roast. Am I so silly that I don't even know the name of coffee? There's the breakfast blend. There's, I think the French dark roasts. I've never been a coffee drinker. I was always a pretty coffee drinker, but now I try and drink less sugar. And so I have really been enjoying a dark roast. And my husband brought me one this morning. So I didn't know it, but he showed up with it. And so that made me smile. So, all right, I'm tossing it to you. What are you grateful for and why for this minute? All right. Well, those were beautiful. Um, Last night, uh, we have our we have a college age son. Well, he just graduated with his master's and he came back to Texas looking for his full-time position. He's been been here for about five months. Um, so that's been good and bad. And then we have our younger son who just turned 16. And uh, so he, we see him less and less now that he's, you know, growing up. Well, last night we had a moment, we cooked dinner and uh, my husband went and turned on America's Funniest Home Videos, which we haven't watched in years. And so I was like, oh, this is really going to be great because everybody's just going to go somewhere else with their food. And then somehow everyone just you know, meandered into the living room and we all sat and ate our food and watched America's Funniest Home Videos and laughed. And it would probably lasted about 25 minutes. And it was one of those moments where if you, I just looked around for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I have ever been a part of because these are my people and we're having this moment without anyone saying anything and they're all boys. So nobody's going to say anything except for me and my feelings on the couch, you know, and it was just this beautiful moment. And then it just, you know, as quickly as it came, it went and everybody went back to being themselves. And our older son is actually moving to Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. So I think that probably resonated with me and made it even sweeter, but what a sweet moment for my little dysfunctional family to sit around and laugh at those videos like we did 10 years ago. And it came out of nowhere and it left out of nowhere, but just so, so uh, grateful for that and those little moments that we don't expect in life. Um, And then number two, I'm super grateful to be on the podcast and to meet you. You're an inspirational person. So thank you for having me on. You know, it's just, I really am grateful. Thank you. I, as I said to you, when we started this conversation before we pressed record, there was something that drew me to you and the funny thing is, is I never even saw a video. You really are like funny and connected. And 
I knew this conversation because there's so much negativity put on social media. And I think um, rightfully so, in, in my opinion, there's there's a right. lot um, that can go south there. However, there is, there's a lot about technology and about the social connection that can be a beautiful thing. And I think you pulled out a, a, a beautiful way, in my, you know, again, in my opinion, a beautiful way to utilize social media to bring out some of its finest and then connect on a level outside of it. And so I am, I'm really excited that you're on and to share this, your story and what you've done. And maybe it will inspire other people to connect in ways. We're not saying that you need to write 580 of your Facebook friends, but maybe it'll make you feel good to send a postcard to somebody that you haven't connected with in a long time, or even just pick up the phone. And if that's, if you like to talk on the phone and not write, maybe that's it. Or take some moments to just reminisce with your loved ones about some of these friends that you know online or socially, but haven't been able to personally connect with. So I, I've really enjoyed our conversation and, and thank you for sharing your insight as well as playing the grateful game because um, listeners out there, I hope that you're doing it along with us or that you take this with you later, whether you do it at night with a family member or in a car on a drive somewhere, you know, sharing our experiences can help bring out conversations uh, that we didn't know we were going to have. And that could bring a little bit of joy, even if it's for like you had talked about with your family for just a few moments, even if it's just for a few moments, those moments can live on. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Now, where can people find you if they want to connect and where can they buy your book? Okay, well, at amydaughters.com, there's an email address on that website. It's amywdaughters at gmail.com, but it's on the website. So amydaughters.com, I'd love to I'd love to hear from anyone, love to connect with people and uh, And you're on social media as well. Yes, I am on yeah, I'm on Instagram. Well, my Instagram handle is smoking hot Amy S, you know, which is very appropriate, clearly, due to my alert. It's because of barbecue. Smoking hot barbecue, right? You're from Texas. I am from Texas. It's all about the meat. Yeah. It's all about and then uh, you can pre-order Dear Dana um on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble. I love local bookstores. So if you go ask your local bookstore, uh, there's a there's a site called Bookshop which will actually allow you to buy any book and then uh, the bookstores, local bookstores um, get part of the proceeds and that's a wonderful thing. But if you just go down to your local bookstore, they can pre-order it for you. It's out in May, um, available everywhere. And I'd love for everyone to, cause that's the rest of the story about the letters. So many lessons and great words from other people in the book. So, so it's a, a great adventure. I, I can't wait to read it myself. And, you know, congratulations, not just on one award-winning book, but here's to, fingers crossed, uh, a, a, a second one with Dear Dana. So uh, for all you listeners out there, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. We love to connect with you as well. So please reach out, follow us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram or Facebook. Let us know what other stories you want to hear, what information that you want to learn, or frankly, what you just want us to talk about. So um, have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you could do me a favor and take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe, honestly, you leaving a review really does help us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And if you tell your friends about us because you love us, they might as well. 
So let us know your thoughts. Please connect with us directly. We have a ton of fun on Instagram at Pretty Wellness and would love hearing from you. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you so much happiness and great health. Bye for now.